0: Hello and welcome to the 227th edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. In Nashville, Tennessee, I'm the professor, Matt Perkins. And an angle route across the Harpeth River from me here in the Music City, it's our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton.
1: What's up, man? Uh, the angle route is the best tailback route against man. It's uncoverable. Uh, maybe Todd Monken will incorporate that some of that into his game plan uh, this week against BYE.
0: Yeah, that would be helpful. Hopefully, Stetson Bennett can actually throw over the heads of his linemen and the defensive linemen who are uh, who are attacking them. But we can't get started without the third amigo in the second city, a man who is happy he doesn't have to quarantine in West Lafayette. It's our intrepid blogger from Big Ten and counting, Josh Cook.
2: Yeah, Big Ten's not even underway yet, and uh, they're tripping over themselves. Well done.
0: Yeah, well done, Purdue. Well, guys, uh, we are here on the Believe Podcast Network for Illegal Motion. The football season is in full swing. And while you guys may not be at the game, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Guys, we are actually nearly halfway done with the calendar season of the college football year even though we just have the big 10 and the mountain west starting this week the pac-12 and mac will be back at some point soon as well so even though not all the conferences have started up we still got heisman odds going coach right now trevor lawrence seems to be the odds on favorite besides uh besides sunshine who do you who would you put a little money on to uh to bring home the heisman
1: i would put a little money on travis Etienne.
0: oh his uh, I- teammate
1: yeah I mean his teammate I mean when you score 73 points I mean it is not all Lawrence and you know etn was uh was the better half in the Miami game he went off and he went into beast mode so if it had to be someone besides Lawrence I'm going I'm going etn.
0: Yeah, according to our friends over at BetOnline.ag, Trevor Lawrence is still the favorite at minus one seventy-five, which means you have to bet one hundred seventy-five dollars to win a hundred. Etienne is plus twenty-five hundred, which, uh, which means a uh, hundred-dollar bet gets you two hundred and, which means a hundred-dollar bet gets you twenty-five hundred in return. Uh, Josh, besides Lawrence, do you like anyone at this point in time?
2: Yeah, I think that uh, without a game being played, you might get uh, an interesting bit of odds for justin fields at ohio state uh, yeah but if justin I'm, fields
0: is a plus 700 he's actually a number three in the odds right now behind trevor lawrence and mac jones the quarterback at alabama but if
2: you want to uh maximize with a long shot that is not a ridiculous long shot i'll, I'll throw a name at you mm. iowa state running back Brees hall 531 yards on the season so far third best in the nation Iowa State nationally ranked, you know, if if things fall into place, maybe Iowa State wins the Big 12 and maybe uh, with those Clemson heavyweights splitting the vote and, you know, there's a path. Crazier things have happened. And also, Iowa State has had a Heisman finalist at tailback on a much worse team than this one. Uh, about 20 years ago 25
0: years ago right yeah yeah Um, uh, well uh,
2: there's an interesting name if i'm going to be a homer and go with someone from the hawkeye state
0: yeah Brees hall is at 66 to one or plus 6600 uh speaking of tailbacks though from the big 12 chuba hubbard quietly for the big 12 leading oklahoma state pokes you know he has the same odds at uh, sixty six to one as Brees Hall does, and Oklahoma State has still yet to lose a game. I like that it's not one. Not as
2: exciting as going with an Iowa State player.
0: No, it's definitely not. Uh, a couple guys definitely fell off uh, this week. One of those guys being Sam Howell from North Carolina. He's now down to a hundred to one, uh, but he had been creeping up before this weekend. But with that absolutely atrocious performance that they had. Uh, this weekend against Florida State, he has dropped way back. Uh, another guy you might want to keep your eye on, though, Shane Bouchelle, slowly creeping up the ranks. He's at twenty. He's at twenty-five to one. The SMU quarterback. All he does is just put up yards on yards on yards. But whoever your choice is, from game spreads to totals, team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else online. Plus, there's always the online casino as well. It never Black closes. Jack. Yep. I know you guys are blackjack guys. You know, it's, you can't really play roulette online. That's my game. We can't really play craps online either. So those are, <laughs> those are my two go-to games. So, you know, I, I'm not as much of an online casino guys as you are, but Hey, you know, if, if you're a blackjack person, if you're a poker player, head on over to bet online, the online casino, it never closes at betonline.ag. Take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. That's betonline.ag, and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We are here today to recap Week 7, and there was one game that stood out above all the rest.
2: Hey, hey Matt, real quick. Sorry, you're doing this so seamlessly. I didn't want to interrupt your read, and then you got so into the recap. On. I didn't want to interrupt Hold on. that.
0: Josh, are you calling an audible?
2: Uh, no, it's just I had a question from... Our Heisman talk, and I, I, I was ho-
0: I, I, I was hoping you were calling Audible so I could use the drop.
2: Oh no, <laughs> yeah,
1: no, you, you, the, you, uh, totally, you totally did not that.
2: No, the the question I had, which I did not get a chance to ask because you were so seamless, is uh, third in passing. You know the Heisman loves quarterbacks. Mm. Teams undefeated and creeping up the rankings. Mm. What are our friends over in Utah getting for Zach Wilson at BYU?
0: Zach Wilson is at twenty-two to one. He is tied with Najee Harris and Jalen Waddle uh, as the fourth fourth favorite.
2: Mm, maybe maybe you can join Ty Detmer.
0: Oh, that would be fun. That would be fun. Uh, even though personally, I was like coy a little bit more than Ty Ooh. when it when it comes to the, when it comes to the throwing Detmer brothers. Uh, one guy who's not on the board that I'm excited about that we will talk about in our next episode when we do our Big Ten preview. New Wisconsin quarterback Graham Mertz, he uh, takes over as a starter for an injured Jack Cohn, and he is the best quarterback recruit that the Badgers have ever had. They'll have a great offensive line, and I could see him turning some heads and you know, really making some noise. Uh, for the badgers but he is actually off the board right now um so you can't even get odds on him at the moment much in the same way you couldn't get odds on joe burrow at the beginning of last year all he did was put up the sing one of the single greatest seasons in fbs football history so with that let's now head into our week seven recap and like i was saying we had one game to rule them all, number two, Alabama, number three, Georgia, in Bryant-Denny Stadium, which was supposedly at 25% capacity, but if you look at it on TV, it was a little bit more than that. Uh, Coach, I know you were uh, tuned into the game. I, I watched every snap as well. The first half, you know, this has just been the story with the dogs. The last three times they've played Alabama, they've had the lead at halftime and have blown it in the second half. Coach, why can't the dogs finish?
1: I don't know. It's just some sort of mental mind block they have. Uh, they're trying to press. I think just the just the thought of, of trying to beat Alabama just gets you in that mindset where you feel like you have to make big plays every play in order to beat them, especially when they've hit a few big plays on you in the first half and You know, they're getting chunk plays and you're not, and you feel like you have to get it all in order to get the momentum back. And really, you had control of the game for the most part. You just need to keep, Georgia just need to keep doing what they were doing. And they didn't, they got away from it. And so I I just don't understand the mindset. It's, It's really, that's all it is.
0: Josh what were your biggest takeaway from this game here because I think we could look at a lot of different things but to me it really was the turnovers for the dogs in the second half
2: yeah I mean that's that's the entire story right there I'm going to uh I'm not going to lie to our audience you know me I'm a straight shooter Matt. Um,
0: respected on both sides of the aisle yeah
2: um The quality of play I felt on Saturday in the morning games and then the 3.30 games really tired me out. And as Kristen and I were watching the first quarter of the game, I turned to her and I'm like, man, I'm a little footballed out. I was like, I think I'm just going to record this. I was like, you want to watch something else? And she's like, sure. And earlier in the day, I'd quoted Naked Gun and she told me, she's like, I've only seen that movie once. I was like, well, let's let's change that. So we watched Naked God after finishing the movie. I checked the score to see if it was worth watching what I'd recorded. And well, I saw that there were a bunch of interceptions in the second half and that Alabama won it laughing. So I was like, eh, coach will uh, will fill us in for the illegal motion show. So I did not watch very much of <laughs> this game.
0: Uh, yeah, coach, after <laughs> yeah. the first pass of the game by Mac Jones, first play of the game. Uh, he is uh, picked off by uh, Richard LeCount. Uh, after that, Mac Jones was pretty damn near perfect. Uh, he yes, was, he was. Uh, he, he looked like the five-star quarterback that he was recruited to be. He was finding dudes all over the place, even though he only completed passes to five different receivers. Um, I, I, I still think, A, I still don't think Devonta Smith just caught another ball uh, while we were talking uh for like 25 more yards and uh John Mechie had a bit of a coming out party at least in my book I was uh I I was texting with a guy I know who used to play at Alabama and he was telling me that yeah like Mechie is a uh you know he's the guy that's really going to explode onto the scene this year and I understand why man that dude has some serious wheels and he looks like he's going to take up the mantle from Henry Ruggs to be the next true burner in that wide receiver outfit
1: I don't know where they keep getting these guys. I mean, I look at their wide receiver room, and I look at Georgia's wide receiver room, and, yeah, we've got a whole bunch of talent at, at the receiver spot, but we do not have any game-breaking speed. I mean, Pickens, for for everything that he is, elite speed is not one of them. Um, You know, he, he might have the ability to come up and moss you, but I think that's about it. And so – you know, uh, poor Eric Stokes got uh, got featured on Sunday NFL Countdown on the segment. You got mossed, hmm. um, you know, poor guy. Uh, there was one from the FSU North Carolina game too.
0: Yeah, you know, it was uh, your two cousins, guys. Uh, James Cook and uh, Jermaine Burton were the two leading receivers for the Dogs. Pickens had five catches, but he really, you know, was I didn't really feel like he was ever like involved in the game. All that much uh, for for Georgia. Uh, When it came to running the ball, though, uh, one of the things that really stood out, obviously, Najee Harris, 152 yards on the ground. He was just pounding the dogs all night long, and especially there in the second half, he just kept getting momentum and was able to keep moving the chains to prevent Georgia from the few times they did have the ball uh, from getting the ball back after a couple of those turnovers and. Coach, when it comes to turnovers, Stetson Bennett did not have his best game. He recovered the one fumble he had, but he did throw three different picks in this game, under fifty percent completion percentage against his first real true test. And I'm sure that there are some dog fans out there who are ready for the JT Daniels era to begin.
1: Yeah, there are, and and you know Israel and I we we recorded a show earlier, and you know I, I think. Stepping back, um, you know, I'm going to pump the brakes on, on that. I, I think Stetson didn't play as bad as it looked. Sure it looked f- pretty
0: bad in the second half. I'm not going to lie, dude. It
1: did. He forced he forced some passes down the field that he shouldn't have. I think if he, I think if he looks to his checkdown more, I think you, I think you start. I think it's a totally different game. Of the seven passes that are batted down, probably five of them make it to a wide open receiver. So. Things as a team overall weren't that bad. I, I think his decision making, especially in the second half, was was extremely poor. And I, I think he thought the game was, and this goes back to the mindset stuff I said earlier. I think he thought the game was getting out of hand, and he needed to get back um, all the points in, in in one single throw. And you know how you know how well he likes the middle of the field. He just, it, you know, he, he's got to be able to calm down take the check downs, take what's, take what's given to him. Don't see, don't run from ghosts and don't see pressure that isn't there. That drives me crazy. And, and just calm down and make throws that you know how to make and that you made in the second quarter. And and towards the end of the first half, he was making really good decisions towards the end of the first half. in, in those few scoring drives that we had, uh, you know, where he was just, he was finding open guys. He dropped a dime to James cook. I mean, you know, where's that Stetson? You know, I, I don't know. He, but he's got to figure some things out. Uh, I think he's going to have one more crack at it. I think he's earned that. Um, and then it is obvious that JT Daniels is not is not quite ready to play. He might have got medically cleared, but that doesn't mean he's quite ready to play. The, the doctor said he's okay structurally, but he's still got soreness. He's still a little slow and gimpy on that knee. I, I don't think it's back into playing shape yet but structurally it's okay so and if jt daniels was okay and ready to go he would have been in the game so that tells you all you need to know
0: there one last hypothetical for you coach if jamie newman is playing in this game do you think georgia pulls it out
1: uh yeah i think so okay i think so I, i think he's i think uh the experience probably uh Plays in his favor, because you know some of the inexperience with Stetson Bennett being in that situation against such an elite team. I mean, Alabama Alabama's defense wasn't necessarily stopping us. We were stopping ourselves. We turned the ball over three times. We made poor decisions. We we stopped being. And, and once Alabama's defense got that momentum, couldn't you know we couldn't block them. Couldn't run anymore. Uh, balls were getting batted down. There was picks being made and. Once the avalanche came, there was no stopping it. And and that's you, you got a lesson in five star versus walk on quarterback, you also got a lesson in how momentum shifts can kill a team. Absolutely. And that's exactly what happened.
0: All right, well, let's move over next then to Alabama's cross-state rival, the Auburn Tigers. They got gifted a win last week against the Pigs, and this week uh, their ineptitude came to an head against South Carolina. South Carolina, who had only beaten Vanderbilt so far this season, Josh, um, they really came to play, and Bo Nick seems like he's in a sophomore slump.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is one of those games that contributed to that quality of play issue that led to watching Naked Gun. Um, Yeah, you know, you don't want to... I feel like our show does a pretty good job of not totally singling out a college kid, but this is one of those rare exceptions. You got to feel bad for Bo Nix. His first interception set South Carolina up for a 29-yard drive, which they converted on, seven points there. Their uh, Bo Nix's second interception set up a 49-yard drive, which South Carolina took advantage of. Right when South Carolina threw an interception leading 20-19, to 19, you think, okay, here goes Auburn. Well, five plays later, Bo Nix threw an interception. And it had a nice little return to it, 34 yards, set up South Carolina on the 8, which they took advantage of. All three interceptions led to 21 points that was the difference. Cause if you look at every other stat, this one was fairly tilted towards Auburn. It was just those turnovers.
0: Yeah. Coach, um, is this the beginning or maybe the middle of the end for Gus Malzahn at Auburn?
1: Yes. I mean, the, the one thing, and it wasn't even a play on the field that signifies that is the fact that he can't get his offensive players under control. I get frustrations going to boil over. I understand that. Um, and and frustration was was handled by two separate units, two separate ways. The defense was just as frustrated, but they came over composed. They they got things under control and they figured some stuff out, and you know did it help them win. No, but they they kept their composure. Now, Bo Nix comes off the field, and him and Seth Williams are about to get into a fist fight on the sideline, and uh, Chad Morris is chewing him out, and they're chewing each other out, and. Um, it's just chaos, and and you think anything's getting done and solved on the sideline? No, that's probably what led to the discombobulation of the offense. The fact that Seth Williams couldn't get going, uh, the fact that um, you know, he had three interceptions of fifty eight point six QBR. Those guys, you're starting to see those receivers now uh, visibly frustrated, and that stuff happens in the public eye. You gotta wonder what's going on behind the scenes, and I think this is the last straw for Auburn fans. I think a lot of Auburn fans were already ready to move on from Gus Malzahn. They were just upset that it was going to cost thirty-two million just to move on from him, and so I think that's part of the reason why he kept his job.
0: That's so, just that, that's just because Gus has a good agent.
1: Yeah, they're ready. They're ready to pack Bo and Gus on the Gus bus and send them out of town, back yeah. to Arkansas State or wherever.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well. Um, let's stay in the SEC, head over to Neyland Stadium, where Kentucky won for the first time since literally Robert Reagan, or Robert Ronald Reagan, was in the White House. And they didn't just win. They put an absolute beatdown on the Volunteers, 34-7. to 7. And uh, it didn't matter who was playing quarterback for Tennessee. They were throwing picks. Uh, and Garantano back-to-back pick sixes. Josh, this was just a comedy of errors for Tennessee.
2: Yeah, and the the look got worse and worse. The Pruitt already blowing up his stat, uh, fired his defensive coordin- or his defensive line coach. Excuse me, um, which I guess made sense. Although I think the bigger issue was the offensive line. Uh, so some weird things there. Kentucky had two sacks, five tackles for loss. Yeah, I mean, just a, a terrible look. I would say that if there's anything Pruitt can learn from it, it's that Warrentano was clearly the best of the quarterbacks because the other two combined for one of five passing for an interception. Um, You know, those two pick sixes are bad, but... I feel like just it's a Steve Spurrier type decision and if you don't have a second quarterback on your roster you got to kind of go with the one who you brought you got to dance with the the date you brought and uh, for all of Guarantano's I guess uh, issues (laughs) yeah (laughs) issues against Kentucky uh, jumping ship was was not a good call I don't think in the long run
0: I mean, he still completed 67% of his passes, but given 21 attempts for 88 yards, that is, like, Vanderbilt-level ineptitude when it comes to yeah, yards I mean, per attempt. I,
2: I mean, a lot of, lot of issues. They, they had way more penalties. They were awful on third down. You know, it, you really have to do something horribly to lose 34 to 7 and only get outgained by 7 yards.
0: Well, he, <laughs> yeah, well, here's the thing, Coach, I want to talk about, like— Neither team even cracked 300 total yards. Like This was a blowout, but it was just like Josh said that the Auburn-South Carolina game contributed to what we are now calling the naked gun effect. Um, This game was (laughs) as ugly as they come.
1: This game was the nail in that proverbial coffin. I mean, it was brutal to watch. I mean, both teams, it seemed like early on neither team wanted to win, and then Kentucky said, okay, I guess we'll win. And then they ended up kicking their ass. But um, you know, my question is this: I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull an audible.
0: You're gonna pull an audible, coach?
1: I'm gonna pull an audible. Oh,
0: well, yeah! I'm glad to hear that. Over-up! Over-up!
1: Holy, holy! So, my question is this regarding that game: I don't care about the ugly stats or whatever. But how are you? How are you at Tennessee? You sign a five-star Harrison Bailey. How was he not even remotely close to being
0: ready to even play in relief? They said he hadn't even taken snaps with the first team. They hadn't hadn't taken snaps, like, period. Why? Like, he hadn't, like, he had had, like, they had, like, a quote unquote JV scrimmage last week, and that's the only snaps he had taken. Like, it makes no sense whatsoever. But my question is this
1: Jared Grantano, fifth year senior, you know what he's got. Is he, he really? A,
0: is he really a fifth year senior? I thought he was a junior for some reason. He's something. He's something. I mean, he's 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 up. No, he's a senior. You're right. He he is a senior. He's a senior. Thank um, goodness. Uh,
1: well, well, maybe you know, not. J. Thank T. goodness.
0: As, as, as someone who roots who actively roots against Tennessee, maybe not. Thank goodness.
1: Yeah. No, I hate to see him go. Um, J T. Shroud. You know, he's got nothing. Brian Mauer. He's still seeing ghosts of Eric Stokes. Eric Stokes took his soul. So you have those three. I don't know what you what you call them. They're not quarterbacks. They're just people acting like quarterbacks. They stayed at a Holiday Inn Express. And then you had this five-star Harrison Bailey. If you're going to look that bad on offense, if you're going to look that inept, why not look that inept with a freshman in a COVID season where it counts but not really?
0: Yeah, there are no rules.
1: Like, it, it's, it's a COVID year. Pruitt is safe. Pruitt is recruiting well. Pruitt is not – Pruitt overall is not the problem. Pruitt's management of the offense overall. I th- I think it's time for Jim Chaney to go uh, because Jim Chaney is the type of offensive coordinator that he's going to come in, stabilize a really bad offense, get them going on track, and then he has to dip away, and the next guy is the one who takes him to the next level. Jim Chaney will never take you to the next level. He will get you off the mat, but that's about as much as he- he'll get you off the mat, he'll get your cuts cleaned up, and then it's time for him to dip away. And I think he's reached that point at Tennessee. Now it's going to take somebody to come in, because when he was there at Georgia, guess what? Justin Fields was nowhere near ready to play. We know what he we know what he has, right?
0: Yeah, all all, all he's done is become one of the two best quarterbacks in the country ever since he yeah. went to Ohio State. Can was I just he say the Jake uh,
1: at the oh. time? No, he was not. But why? Because he probably never fully developed. Can I just the same say reason the reason? Uh, Bailey didn't.
2: Can I just say the biggest? reason for the uh, naked gun effect last weekend i know we're not spotlighting the game so i'm just gonna throw them under the bus now uh mississippi state giving up six sacks and eight tackles for loss and route to uh a uh, negative two rushing yards
1: just Ooh, that, that pirate ship is quickly taking on
0: water. <laughs> that Yeah, it is definitely taking on water. But uh, coaches are talking about Jim Taney, former Georgia assistant. Let's talk about a different former Georgia assistant Ooh. who, uh, were it not for a terrible refereeing call last week against Auburn, would be 3-1. Uh, Josh, we are no longer able to bury the lead on this show because the pigs are back, baby.
2: Whoa, whoa, whoa. They're not back
0: until Tessator. Yeah. No, no one can be back
2: them. until Tessator says that they're back.
0: Joe Tess hasn't said that they're back yet? No. Uh alas, because uh, you know what? Uh they did things to the Ole Miss offense that not even Alabama could do. Well, yeah, I mean
2: let's let's give them some love. Their offense looked pretty good. Three hundred and ninety four yards, two hundred and forty four through the air. They
1: uh although Felipe tried his <laughs> darndest to uh to give it away.
2: Yeah, they, uh, they put out 33 points, but uh, they only won by 12, which is a little disconcerting when you win the turnover battle. Um, seven to two. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, a, a great, great win for the Hogs. Um, I said it last week. I'll repeat it again. Whenever you're a rebuilding program, there's going to be weeks where you kind of go one step forward to step back. I think Ole Miss has seven turnovers where their experience uh, of having two steps back. But exciting for Arkansas. They've got Texas A&M next, which is looking pretty good. Uh, but then they get Tennessee, who's been very erratic. Maybe they split them. You got Florida, which who knows if that game happens based on the news from Florida. And then they end with LSU, who's been going through a whole lot of growing pains with new faces, and then at Missouri, I I think we've seen enough of them that 500 is a realistic, readjusted, in-season goal for them. And it's just exciting to see. And one of our diehard listeners, my great friend from DePaul, Mitch, is, you know, he's ecstatic. This is the first time Arkansas football has not just been competitive, but been something other than a punchline i mean we did an entire bit for like five years of deliberately not talking about arkansas until the end of the show
0: yeah we are are, we we are in our sixth season of the show and this is the first time that we are actually like acknowledging that they even exist in the main rundown of the show because they have been that inept so kudos to you sam pitman i mean you're you're doing something over there and uh kudos (laughs) to hudson clark uh, the walk-on defensive back with not one, not two, but three picks in this game against Matt Coral, who, uh, well, six That's picks is show. not, yeah, six picks is not the way you want to go. <laughs> no. uh, between KJ Costello last week and Coral this week, uh, man, something is in the water in Mississippi, and it causes turnovers apparently as a side effect.
1: <laughs> yes, it does, but. Um, I, I'll say this, you know, Sam Pittman did a tremendous job hiring his assistants, hiring his coordinators, Kendall Briles for all the stuff that we give him. His dad's a scumbag. Mm. Um, that's being nice, I guess. But uh, when it comes to football and, and brilliance, and I guess, I mean, I guess he keeps getting big time jobs, so I, I think the dad was the problem, and I think the son has distanced himself from uh, from 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 Papa. So. Um, and then the Barry Odom hire has uh, is, is been one of my favorite offseason hires as far as coordinators go. I mean, that guy, not much of a head coach, and that's okay.
0: Uh, that's at, okay because he's a Missouri. heck of a defensive coordinator.
1: He's a great defensive coordinator. That that defense became physical from the first snap. Uh, they were flying around the field. They were hitting. They were, they were uh, gap sound. They were fundamentally sound, and they played with a purpose. And it just seems like watching this Arkansas team – they are genuinely, genuinely having fun out there, and they, you could just see, you could just see they're all every single one of them, all 125 or however many they're allowed to dress, are completely bought into the Sam Pittman plan, and and that just, you know, for Arkansas fans, uh, my boy Kyle Sutherland at Hog Talk, uh, at the Hog Talk podcast that's on the Believe Network, I know he's ecstatic. I had him on my show uh, the first week, and he was. He wasn't sure at that point what they were gonna have, but I, I guarantee you, he's pleasantly surprised. Uh, the two Traylons, Traylon Smith and Traylon Burks, are absolutely killing it for uh, on offense. You know, the the defense just—they're—they're they're the Hog Mollies or whatever you want to call them. The Hog, the Hog—I'm trying to think of a, a good name for the Hogs, but they're—they're uh, they're playing extremely well, and it's—it's it's a great story to see, to be honest with you.
0: We'll call them the War Pigs. War Pigs, there you go. Yeah, War Pigs. So uh, with that, guys, let's head on over to the Atlantic Coast Conference. Hey, uh, see, see. Yeah, obviously, uh, Clemson, uh, they won a tight one, 73-7. Uh, Trevor yeah. Lawrence, 404 yards. We don't need to talk about that. The big news over the weekend, though. From that was the
2: eight- another naked gun game.
0: <laughs> well, just from George Tech. Oh, I mean, it was. Clemson just scored again. I, I I I gotta know.
1: I gotta ask you guys. Is there, it that was like a? Do you think uh, Greg Schiano and the Rutgers program called Georgia Tech and be like, really? You gave up a seventy-three burger in a conference game, really? That was like that's some like Rutgers level stuff. Come uh, on, Tech, you got to be better than that.
0: Yeah, and I mean, and like, at least
1: hold them under fifty if you're going to get your ass kicked,
0: please. Well, I mean, it's hard to hold them under fifty when they score fifty-two in the first half. Good lord! Um, So gotta be
1: better than that.
0: Well, the big surprise of the weekend came down in conference game, Tallahassee, and you beat Florida State, where the number five North Carolina Tar Heels went in and laid an egg against Florida State who just had to hang on for dear life there in the second half. They laid an egg
1: and about got it back.
0: Yeah, they almost got it back, but Florida State was able to hang on for the third 1-28 victory coach. Um, In this one, it was just uh, Florida State took advantage of... uh took advantage of a north carolina team that just seemed out of sorts in the first half and was able to hang on but it was not the prettiest game jordan travis at quarterback especially for the knolls i mean eight of 19 that's uh, questionable um but you know they were able to get it done with a solid solid run game amassing 241 yards Coach, I mean, personally, I can't say I'm surprised at the bottom starting to fall out on the North Carolina team, but what did you see in this one?
1: Well, I mean, I saw a Florida State team that that was telling the world, hey, 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 hold on, we're, we're, we're not dead. Um, I saw a team that finally finally made a much-needed change at quarterback. Uh, I think you're starting to see a team that I, I think had to hit rock bottom before they could go up, and so I, I think they kind of reached that point and now they're, now they're starting their slow ascent back up uh, in this conference, which really it, being a good team in this conference is not really that hard to do. Um, and I, I think you just, like I said, they were opportunistic. They took advantage of a North Carolina team that was that was out of sorts, that just wasn't into the game. I guess North Carolina kind of thought, okay, Florida State, they're not really, you know, this is definitely not the Seminole team uh, of old. And so we can just waltz in there and, you know Mac Brown could just stand at the fifty yard line and they're gonna bow down to us and well that didn't happen um even though they almost came back and even though they found their sorts later on in the game uh and they applied their sorts to uh to almost beat Florida State they just it was too little too late uh Sam Howell twenty of thirty six three seventy four and three touchdowns at interception not a bad stat line there but again uh just looking at the whole picture of this game it just Florida State, I mean, they got they jumped out to a thirty-one to seven lead in the first half, and then uh, you know they kind of got shut down. North Carolina figured some things out, so I mean, the Tar Heels will be fine. I I don't think the bottom's starting to fall out uh, on the season. I I think they'll be fine. You know, every team has that that lapse game, Uh, but the, the the story is more about Florida State playing really well finally and and showing you glimpses of what they could be under Mike Norvell. So. You know, hats off to the Seminoles. Um, Hopefully for the ACC state uh, case or whatever you want to say, they can keep this up and hopefully for their sake, they can get back to where Florida State traditionally is. And uh, they got a long way to go, but there's some promising things. Jordan Travis, stats weren't that great, but he made some good throws in some some good situations and kind of gives you hope. And you just hope that they're recruiting a, a quarterback at this point.
0: Yeah, you would hope that they would because, no, uh, uh, even saying that, though, I would still be concerned about that quarterback being able to stay on his own two feet because the Florida State offensive line still cannot oh, yeah. block.
1: And that probably led to a lot of their struggles, Be to be mm-hmm. honest. so
0: Yeah, they at least can't pass. They, can run, they, they apparently can run back, block a little bit, but they can't mm-hmm. pass block. Uh, Josh, let's move over in the Sunshine State. Actually, I want
2: to I want to talk about the North Carolina game a, a tad. Uh, well,
0: then go for it. I'm not going yeah. Gonna stop, just
2: yeah. Uh, you know some some Bet turning points of the game that that really came back to bite North Carolina. We talk about it got to be sound in the kicking game. Well, they had a pump block that set up Florida State's first touchdown for a 23 yard play. Um, you know, Sam Howell. Too many incomplete passes. Coach already said his stat line. But I think that Mac Brown honestly coached this game as if it was flipped—that it was mid-nineties number five Florida State hosting unranked North Carolina because he went really aggressive and it turned out to bite him in the butt. Um, down ten, nothing. Faced a fourth and one at the twenty-four, lost a down or uh, turnover on downs. Just kick it, <laughs> make it a touchdown game. Uh, howl through the pick six, which obviously wasn't good. But then in the second half, down thirty one to seven, a fourth and three at the Florida State six. If you are confident that you can come back on these guys, cut it to a three score a game, kick a field goal there. So really, it should have been 31-13 at that point. Um, then they missed a field goal, obviously. So two special teams gaffes. And then finally, uh, the turnover on downs. Then at the end, obviously the fourth and nine for the 41, that would have been one hell of a long kick. But those earlier turnover on downs, just I don't know why Mac Brown did that. Just be confident in your guys. You have a really good quarterback who had a slow start, but as coach said with his stat line, end of the day, pretty good. If you're the favored team, Just take some points. It'll eventually your drive will end in the end zone. But I just thought he was chasing all game.
1: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you you can't as a veteran coach on a favorite team. You definitely, you know, you're going to get your opportunities. And and I think he panicked. You know, that's a lot of people panic this weekend. I don't don't get it. But yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure I quite understand it either. Let's stay in the Sunshine State. Miami was able to. Uh, take care of Pitt 31 to 19 Pitt obviously down their starting quarterback in this one but even uh, even without him uh, Joey Yellen I thought uh, stepped up and looked uh, pretty good in his debut as a starter Josh Um, you know 277 yards and a score no picks but uh, he was uh, pressured throughout the day uh, Miami had three sacks, nine tackles for a loss as a team. And uh, overall, Derek King was uh, pretty good after a slow start.
2: Yeah, you got to here we go. Question the game plan a little bit, too. You mentioned Yellen with an OK stat line. Uh Passed the ball 46 times. Two leading rushers for Pitt combined for 11 carries. Um, that's that's I don't know if that's the game plan I would have used. And you can say, well, it's because they were down by a whole lot. Okay, maybe that's fair. Although on their very first drive, they attempted one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine passes. So, no, the game plan didn't go that way once they got down. It was from the beginning of the game. Dumb.
1: Yeah, very dumb. Uh, I didn't know if you were done with that or not. Um, but I, I think you have to be more balanced early. I think you have to distribute the the carries and the throws amongst all your weapons early so that you can establish. Because Derek King got off to a slow start. And Miami is a team that if you jump on them early, you can typically get the momentum. And, and Miami, Miami struggles to gain momentum back. If you squander that opportunity then Miami's going to make you pay, which they did. Rhett Lashley figured some things out. Derek King ended up the day with four touchdowns, 222 yards through the air on 31 uh, passes, uh, 16 completed. Uh, he also carried the ball 11 times. So Derek King carried the ball more than um, um, Pittsburgh's best rushers um, combined, uh, and he had 32 yards on the ground. So, you know, you know, Rhett Lashley just found some holes in the defense. They, they took advantage of those things and they hit big plays. I mean, they had uh, Mallory on a 45-yard touchdown. Uh, they had, you know, several other scores uh, of note uh, in, in that four to be exact. Um, and they had, you know, Harley. And they You know, he went off. He, he had a nice little uh, touchdown. And, you know, I think Mallory had – I think Will Mallory had two touchdowns, I believe. Uh, Mike Harley caught a 38-yard pass um, from – so so they're getting big chunk plays in this game, and that, I mean, when you talk about momentum killers, Georgia learned this the hard way. Chunk plays kill momentum. Pitt learned this the hard way. Chunk plays kill more, uh, momentum. I mean, look at all their touchdowns, 35-yard pass, um, 38-yard pass, 45-yard pass, and then uh, they had a six-yarder in there uh, for their second score. But for, for the most part, it's all big chunk plays. So. You know, I I think the game plan against Miami is limit the chunk plays, force them to drive on you, and you'll be just fine. And then keep the ball away from them because they have an explosive offense. You can tell that. So they had a great game plan. I thought Miami hung in there uh, early on. Looked like things were going to be a struggle for them, and then they just kind of turned it on.
0: Yeah. And, you know, what, what, what really stood out to me, you know, outside of these pathetic running stats for Pitt was the fact that you know Miami was able to overcome a couple of these uh you know uh, uh, overcome those early interceptions by King to really sort of take control of the game especially there in the second uh in the latter part of the second half uh finally in the ACC that at least I want to talk about probably the most naked gunny of all the games on Saturday to me Josh love the (laughs) verb. was Louisville Notre Dame um uh this game like I'm not gonna say literally because they didn't did not do this actually to me but this game made my eyes bleed I mean 12 to 7 both teams looked like uh calling them hot garbage is in affront to uh is in affront to Oscar the Grouch like
2: What's funny is there weren't too many penalties combined—only ten total penalties—and there were zero turnovers. If I'm going to shine this turd up in any way, I will. I will say this: Notre Dame's coming off a huge lopsided win over Florida State. Maybe they are reading some of their own headlines and didn't have a very good week of practice. Louisville sitting there at one and three; season's getting away from them. Their defense has been a sieve. Maybe they. Played with a lot of heart and effort on that side of the ball, that explains Ian Book's poor day. But uh, again, that, that's just kind of shining up a turd.
0: It really is, Coach. Um, I it mean, is. like Ian Book, nineteen attempts, one hundred and six yards for Notre Dame. I, I I don't even know. Like I okay, like maybe maybe like the fact that Notre Dame ran for two hundred thirty two yards, but. They got like four and a half yards to carry. It's, it wasn't even that special, you know. It was, it, you know, it was just. It was not fun football to watch.
1: I think if you asked Alexa to play mediocre football, and this might be a this might be an indictment on me on the word mediocre. But
0: oh, it, it's I, definitely an I indictment think- on, the, on the word mediocre. I've I've seen mediocrity in be much much better than this.
1: I think she would have played this game. I mean, it was, Ooh, I'm, I'm glad I didn't watch it. Let's just put it that way. I'm glad that I was focused on the Southeastern Conference at that point.
0: Well, I mean, you, you should be, because the other thing you could have watched there was Liberty Syracuse.
1: Oh, uh, Dino.
2: Why? Dino, buddy?
0: Why, Dino I'm so worried. I'm so worried, John. You know, I,
2: I, well, I know, I know. DeVito's out. Syracuse has some issues on offense, but that doesn't explain 520 total yards given up. You
1: don't give 500 and something yards up to and lose that way to freeze Liberty, 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 liberty. You don't do that.
2: Well, just like, give a
1: just like your Georgia Tech, and you don't and you don't let a team hang a 73 burger on you.
2: Let's end our ACC talk on at least a positive. An NC State team that we had
1: Nobody you know, died? a
2: huge a huge question marker route. We had no idea what they were going to turn out to be. Uh they they beat Duke pretty good and are four and one on the young season. Well, midway through the season, I guess. So well done, Dave Dorn. Good uh, job, Dorn. Dorn.
0: Yeah. I mean You, you know, to find that drop, Matt. Dorn. The uh you know, Syracuse's uh Syracuse provided as much resistance as, uh, Jerry Falwell's wife with, oh, uh, with, Jean, uh, with, Easy uh this going? with Giancarlo, uh, wow. Granda. So, um, let's then head over wow. okay. to, um, and that the-
1: does it for tonight. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, There was one game in the Big 12 because hashtag COVID. West Virginia beat Kansas. Now, West Virginia didn't cover, but they beat them bad enough that Puka Williams has opted out for the rest of the season.
1: Puka said
0: nope. Puka said said, uh, he's he's taking his Puka shells and leaving. What I'm most
2: amazed by is Kansas. They had seven first downs, two of 13 on third, 157 total yards, 95 through the air, 62 on the ground. Two turnovers, nine penalties, yet they scored seventeen points. Fairly impressive. They they really maximized. I have no idea how they covered.
0: It's ridiculous. So I don't even know if there's anything to say in that, except that Mm, I don't think there is. I don't think there
2: is. I
1: mean, who who is regretting their hire more? Kansas with less miles, who's on COVID reserve, (laughs) or uh, the pirate in Mississippi State?
2: You know, they'd probably do better if they were flipped. I think Les Miles knows the SEC better, and I think that the uh, Pirate system in the Big 12 defensive schemes might actually be better.
0: Oh, I think they would be much better. Um, So with that, let's quickly go through a couple group of five games. Uh, First of all, uh, on Friday night, BYU-Houston was a game in the first half, and then in the second half, uh, Zach Wilson said, uh, not so fast, my friend, and uh, BYU put up 29 points on t- in the second half en route to a 43-26 to 26 victory over the Cougs. Josh, I- 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 I'm afraid to say this BYU team is for real.
2: I don't know why you have to be afraid to say that. I mean, we might occasionally make a, uh off-color comment or two about Mormons, but let's give some love. The BYU football program. Lavelle Edwards, Ty Detmer, Steve Young. I mean, this is this is one of the uh I guess what's the way to describe it? A mid-major blue blood? I mean, they they were they were UCF and BYU. They were UCF and Boise State long before either of those schools were even imagined. Uh th- this is a proud football program. They had some really good years with Bronco Mendenhall, and now it's nice to see. Uh, shiitake kind of have a rough start to his career. I didn't realize but... he was
0: a mushroom. <laughs>
2: uh, what can I say?
0: From now, from here on out, he is the mushroom man, a.k.a. Toad, AKA Toadstool. <laughs> no, we...
2: We kid,
0: we like kid it. BYU because we love them because because yeah. we, we kind of secretly love them even though I know we, we do kind of secretly love even them. though because um, no, no, honestly not gonna lie those royal blue uniforms uh, Ooh, after yeah. after SMU might be the best uniforms in all of college football
1: yeah they so, they, they figured out the formula for, for
0: yeah. the,
1: they must they, have listened uh, to our uh, uniform shows because they <sighs> they went back old like some of these schools just need to go back old school.
2: Just FYI before people fly off the gun and be like Josh doesn't know how to pronounce his name. It's Kalani Sataki. It's funny to say shataki. It's a type yeah. of mushroom. It was the a B- joke.
0: The uh, I the, apologize. Uh, the BYU uniforms will uh make me violate the honor code. I'm just gonna leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, but before the Whoa, hate Matt.
2: mail comes in for promo. Whoa, Whoa.
1: So don't drink a soda on behalf of BYU. <laughs> the i'm
0: code. going straight to the coffee
1: caffeine caffeine is not the answer matt it's not the answer
0: you're right coach i'm sorry i'm sorry don't I'm break
1: ha- the honor code uh,
2: well
0: don't do it uh well i mean but between the uniforms and uh and, and zach wilson who just is a little bit of everything and Four bills man four bills and his and his roommate dax milne uh all he did nine catches 184 yards and three scores man like that offense is absolutely cooking Uh, they're
1: rolling man and and they're they're staying relative they're staying relatively penalty free i mean nine for 73
2: (laughs) well what's funny is (laughs) you know what's funny is their schedule kind of had to be slapped together um but their navy win is looking a whole lot better now that Navy's 3-0 in the American. Um, Houston, we don't know what they'll end up with. Houston's weird start to the season. Houston's only 1-1. Um, they'll play at Boise State, who's typically pretty good. So they're sitting at 12th now, stealing the old golf adage. You know, what if they go into the clubhouse totally undefeated? And we see Ohio State have, like, a weird, you know... Who knows what? Maybe they they stub their toe against Nebraska week one after such a weird off season. You,
1: you um, know it's going to happen?
2: Yeah. What if, you know, what if uh, you know Georgia loses again, so we can write off the SEC East, and our fear of two SEC teams in the playoffs doesn't come to fruition.
1: Why? Why is that a fear?
2: I'm talking about in terms of like having slots open for a dark horse.
0: Here, here here's my final four right now. Clemson, Alabama, BYU, and Cincinnati.
1: Ooh. Here's my final four: Georgia, 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 and Georgia. Is that
0: the, is that the final four for the Outback Bowl?
2: No offense, coach, but Georgia would the still find a way to lose that. that.
1: <laughs> yeah, Georgia would lose a Georgia versus Georgia.
0: The, the um uh it, it, uh it, it's not the uh, the bad boy Morris Gasparilla Bowl. Hmm
1: no it's the it's, it's definitely the san diego county credit union poinsettia bowl
0: mm. or, or the taxlayer.com gator bowl yeah that's what, uh, that's what how, how, how many how, how many different obscure bowls can we name Bahamas Bowl. Um, let's stick, though. Uh, Houston uh, losing, I guess, a non-conference game there to BYU. Sticking in the American, however, uh, SMU and Tulane had themselves one heck of a game uh, with SMU pulling it out in overtime over the green wave, 37 to 34. Shane Bouchelle another 384 yards through the air. Josh, Tulane... Tulane is a weird team that I just cannot, for the life of me, get a grasp on.
2: Yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. Um, I guess if there's one thing to say, their theme of their last two games is getting shredded can, through the air. They can run
1: the ball. They can run the damn ball, Bobo. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, their their pass defense leaving a lot to be desired. Um, And I think part of that has to do with it doesn't seem like they're getting too much pass rush, just three sacks against a uh, SMU team that attempted 38 passes. Um, Yeah, it's hard to kind of, you know, when a team is God awful at one or two things, you can be like, well, that's what you need to fix. Tulane is kind of average in a whole lot of things. They don't necessarily excel at one thing, but I wouldn't say anything on their team is a total disaster area. So it it, it honestly, I think becomes harder for Willie Fritz to decide what he wants to focus on as the season unfolds. Um, but if there is one thing, I guess it would be their past defense.
0: I think it's actually coach their past offense that really mm-hmm. needs a little bit of fixing because I mean, Michael Pratt, 12-29 for 192 yards, that's not going to cut it in an American conference where, I mean, they're 0-3 in the American, so they can completely forget about competing for the conference this season. And, you know, we we joke about Willie Fritz being a a, a triple option coach, but they are, you know, and and at their best, they are a more balanced attack.
1: Yeah, at their best. But, um, I mean, mean, they they hung with SMU and they had – Almost double the uh, rush attempts. They had 48 rush attempts for 195 yards. Uh, Pratt actually had 16 carries himself and and scored twice. Uh, Steven Hudderson had 19. Yeah, carries but the, for those 16 attempts
0: managed 26 total yards. You know, you know they're only yeah. running for four yards a carry. I mean, it's that's yeah, not I mean, going to cut it.
1: No, not in the long run. But I, I think it, you know, it works for them. It worked for them almost. Uh, I say almost. They 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 lost in overtime, but, um, yeah, they've got to find more balance because Michael Pratt's got to be better through the air. I think it'll help him on the ground. I think it, you know, I think if they have more, you know, total plays even, uh, you know, I think they would be, I think they would be, uh, they got to find a way to steal some possessions. They got to find a way to clean up their penalties, 10 for 92 yards. Um, they've or 11 for 86. I'm sorry. Um, and they just got to find more balance. I mean, they had 6.6 yards per pass, but they only completed 12. You got to find, uh, you got to be better on fourth down, or four, yeah, they definitely got to be better on fourth down. They were 0 for 0, but uh, they got to be better on third down, uh, five of 14. Um, and they've just got to be, they've just got to do things a little bit more efficiently. And I think they just need to find that balance.
0: The
2: important thing is they covered, which is what I picked.
0: Yes, they covered... Uh, Josh, you and I, I think, we actually both on that one. Um, finally, in the American, uh, I guess what we'll call the, um, the, the clothed gun game of the week, probably the best game of the week, was the UCF Memphis game. Uh, that was a barn burner, my friends. Um, the teams combined for almost 1,100 yards through the air and 11 touchdowns with no interceptions. I mean... They combined for, uh, they combined for fifteen hundred yards of total offense,
1: and a kicker fight.
2: <laughs> and was a kicker. It, I, was, f- I mean, that's going to be the headline: is Central Florida missing the game-winning kick?
1: Not going to be. It is. It is.
2: But here's it, here's a little thing: if we can rewind, because no, nothing this, happens this in a vacuum. Yeah.
1: movie Click. We can't yeah. rewind.
2: Yeah. Nothing happens in a vacuum. Why would the game come down to a field goal? Well, first of all, Central Florida's defense, totally no show, just as Memphis's did. However, 35 22, Central Florida's going in to put the game away. They have second and goal at the Memphis three fumble. You change that, all the dominoes change, and there is no last-second missed field goal. The The game should have been...
1: they probably run away with it, honestly.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, it would have been 42-22 in the, uh, you know, with uh, not too much left in the third quarter, under five minutes to go in the third, if they had reversed that. So, as coach said Memphis might have packed it in right there.
0: But they have Brady White. So, I, I, you're never out of the game when you've got Brady White at quarterback. I mean, yeah. he, he he puts up numbers. I mean, th- th- this was absolutely ridiculous. This was th- this was beyond ridiculous. So, mm-hmm. um let's uh then finally finally for our recap talk, uh one of the most fun games of the week actually took over place took place over in uh, one of our favorite conferences on Wednesday night, the Fun Belt. Coastal Carolina and ULL, or I should say University of Louisiana, as they're referring to themselves now, the Raging Cajuns, the embodiment of Coach O himself.
1: Um, I bet he'd rather be there than uh, LSU right now.
0: Hey, you know (laughs) what? I I wouldn't want to go up against Grayson McCall, though. uh, Because Grayson McCall over at Coastal He's a you know, he's a really, really solid quarterback. And Josh, this was a very competitive, entertaining game on a Wednesday night when frankly I really needed it.
2: Yeah, Grayson McCall's pushed his stats now to 930 yards, passing eleven TDs, just one pick. He's he's doing really well. The whole coastal team, they were picked by some publications to finish, I believe. DFL in the Sun Belt. So, talk about a buy-in by everyone. Um, kind of the opposite of Central Florida fighting their kicker. Uh, the the team really seems to have each other's backs. Um, this is a team that just is buying in. They're they trusting each other. But what I like too is you, going the opposite of Mac Brown, a, a coach that kind of outthought himself. Coastal Carolina had to have known that Louisiana was the more explosive team, and the stats bear that out. 413 yards for the Raging Cajun, uh, higher pass, or excuse me, higher rushing yard average, 7.7 yards per rush, a really good average on passing. But what Coastal realized is we probably need to hold the ball a while, and their time of possession, 38 minutes to a little under 22 for the Ragin' Cajun. That's just playing to your strength. That's being smart. That's letting a good quarterback and a good running attack do its thing, shorten the game, bleed the clock, and it's just sort of turned into one of those games where the last team with the ball was going to win, and the Shanties found a way to be the team with the ball in their hand at the end of the game.
0: Yeah, the Shanties, Coach, are... You know, between McCall and CJ Marrable, you know, they've got some pretty exciting guys on their team.
1: Yeah, they're I mean, they're exciting to watch. I mean, they're, you know, just. Explosive uh, in their own right, and and they're really good up front and they just play. You you talk about a team and, and you mentioned it earlier with the buy in. You know, you, you see a team that just came together and. I, I think they had a lot of confidence going into Kansas. Obviously, you don't you don't do what you did to Kansas if you don't have a lot of confidence. But my God, did they showcase that that to the rest of the world? And then it just snowballed and snowballed and snowballed. They're four and zero. How are they not ranked, by the way? But um, I guess that'll they change are in after. one poll. The, that that'll be their own poll. Um, that'll be no. Uh, they, that'll they, that'll they, change.
2: They'll get ranked.
1: Um. Yeah that that that'll uh. And they'll continue, and they just—it just seems got like it right hip, here.
2: AP top twenty-five.
1: There you go. Um, Twenty every time. Twenty-fifth
0: coaches poll. Coaches poll twenty-four. Uh, well, I think I, that, I that, that, that 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 that's reflective of this week. This last week during the game they weren't.
1: Yeah, so, and that, that's you know leading up to that. I think they should have been ranked, but um, they're going to get better each and every week, and, and every week you're like okay. They're they're gonna come back down to Earth at some point. And they then they have it. And that's that's really good to see.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. It definitely is. All right, guys, uh any other games you want to talk about before we wrap up our week seven recap? Uh
1: MTSU verse No, never
0: mind. Just no, kidding. no, no, no. We don't we don't want you to talk about MTSU. They just, are just kidding. Yeah, it it, it it it's ugly down there in in Murfreesboro. So well,
2: Georgia State and Arkansas State had a fifty nine fifty two back and forth thriller on
1: two, Thursday. Two defensive assistants were fired by Blake Anderson. <laughs> by the way, just so you know.
0: Yeah, well, Arkansas State still managed to come out on top of that one, but yeah, that was a. Uh, whoo,
1: How about that, UMass? Huh? Welcome to the season with a forty one to oh, forty one to zip burger. Hey man, uh,
0: the the
2: Black Knights kept it rolling, and Marshall Doc Holliday's team—they're ranked in both bowls as well.
1: Let's look up the max scores. Oh wait,
0: <laughs> <laughs> the only which, uh... of,
2: which of these postponed games are you most excited to see ever get played? Okie State, Baylor, Cincy, Tulsa, LSU, Florida, Southern Miss, UTEP, Vandy, Missouri. But for my money, Florida International, Charlotte.
0: You you know if you want an actual answer, I mean it's LSU Florida, but if you want if you want a non uh, if you want a non answer, clearly Southern mustard buzzards, yeah mustard buzzards versus the miners,
1: yeah. Um, And I was joking kind of because I didn't really know what the final was with the North North Texas MTSU game. My God, MTSU, what the hell are you doing? Uh, I guess they're clearing the way for me to take over as head coach.
0: Hey you know what you got a I'd do it you got your video guy right here yep so um and
1: I got my director of uh I got my SID uh uh, on the other end coach it
2: gets worse it wasn't just fifty-two thirty-five. uh anyone care to guess the total number of yards north texas had in that one uh Um,
0: 550 without looking a little
2: bit low matt
1: 600
2: a little bit low coach 768
0: oh my god God.
2: 462 of it on the ground on 49 carries
0: what over nine yards an attempt (laughs) what and they're supposed to be an air raid team
2: the score would have been worse if uh north texas hadn't had 10 penalties and uh three turnovers (laughs) <laughs> Middle, Middle Tennessee actually held the ball for longer. They had five minutes.
0: Yeah, because the North Texas, oh like, they, they, they touched the ball and they scored.
1: <laughs> oh, my god. That's gosh. what
0: happens when you have two play drives for seven. Oh, my goodness. Well, it's bad. Deep. It's really, really bad. Oh, and then I seven, guess 68. then the bigger question is how bad is it at FIU? Because they beat FIU in Miami last week.
1: Yeah, I think Butch Davis is going to get fired just on that alone.
0: He should um, be. I
1: think it's time for Stockstill to retire.
0: I think it was time for him to retire uh, two years ago.
1: You're probably right. They need to hire. They need to hire Buster. I can be the director of recruiting. Matt, you can be the video coordinator, and Josh, you can come do the SID.
0: Sounds like a plan. All right, guys. Well, that is going to do it here for our week seven recap. Uh, so. For all you guys out there, thank you again for listening to the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. So on behalf of our own offensive coordinator, the coach, Corey Burton, here in Nashville, Tennessee, and our intrepid blogger from Big Ten Accounting, Josh Cook, up there in Chicago, Illinois, this is the professor in Nashville saying so long and see you next time on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast.
2: Touchdown! Oh, wow! Oh, wow.